Hello and welcome to Future Fuzz, the digital marketing podcast. Future Fuzz is sponsored by Shapala. Good morning or good afternoon, everybody, uh, depending on what time you're listening. Welcome to the next episode of Future Fuzz podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Madelon Spheres to the uh, podcast today. Hi, Madelon. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Yes, good. Thanks. We had some technical problems before we started the podcast today, so I'm glad we eventually made it happen. Um, thanks very much for being on the show. Let's dive in. We we um, had uh, contact when you used to work at Universal Pictures, and you've done um, a range of things since then. So, Madelon, please tell us a bit about yourself and, and what you're doing, uh, about your career and what you're doing at the moment. Yes. So, um, I started uh, as a brand ambassador in the US. So, that was my first job. And um, so, my first career move was in the uh, alcohol and the spirits business and uh, really enjoyed it. It really was a deep dive into marketing and sales. And um, I did that for a while, but you know, Holland, that's still where my roots are. So I went back to Holland and uh, started at an, an Amsterdam company called Apicoi. Uh Might be familiar for a few people, but it's, it's actually one of the largest festival uh, businesses here in Netherlands. And of course, uh, we have a lot. And um, for example, they are responsible for digital. Uh, they work on lowlands, um, down the rabbit hole, well, all the all the bigs. So um, I worked there as a project manager. I uh, did all the brand activation projects. So, for example, one of my clients was Desperados. Uh, I worked for all the brands of Diageo. Um, I did all the creative strategies. Um, but also the execution in the summer period. So winter was for all the creativity. So we had a briefing from uh, the brands and did a debrief and created this whole new world around their brand that we executed on festivals. Uh, so also in the spirits industry, but a little bit different. And uh, I did that for a few years. I had a lot of fun, but it's quite exhausting uh, working uh, on the festivals as well and um, but I, I really learned a lot and that really put my basics there and uh, after that I went to Universal Pictures where we met and <laughs> so I was a product manager there um, did actually all the strategic marketing for online and offline and also strat strategy for sales um, so all the tentpole releases that we call it um, Despicable Me 50 Shades that we, of course, all know. Yeah. Um, Mission Impossible, uh, Transformers, but also a lot of uh, smaller movies, of course. Um, so how do you put it in a market? Uh, whole 360 strategy in online and offline. Um, and actually everything we do to make sure it sells in the Benelux in that case. So after a while, um, I did that for three years. I, uh, I also was included in the talent program, which I loved. It, uh, it showed me some new talent for finance, <laughs> which I never knew I had, um, and worked on the worldwide synergy program as well, which I love because it's really a program that makes you work with all countries all over the world. Um, and that gives that extra spark 
I think, to to a job because it's so international. You speak to so many different cultures, and, and that brings a lot, I think, to your um, yeah, to your life and to your business life. Um, but at some point, I just hit the ceiling, and I thought, oh, I need more. I uh, I'm very ambitious, so uh, I uh, I wanted to uh, go on that higher level and be in a management position. So I started working at Depth. And Depth is one of the biggest international uh, digital agencies. So I started there as head of marketing. Um, jo- enjoyed it a lot. And it, it really brought my digital experience to the next level um, because it was only digital. And um, of course, COVID hit as well at that point. So digital went even more digital. And uh, luckily, the whole world believed in that. So it was really, really busy. And we had to be really creative on how we would handle that. And for example, uh, one of the bigger um, items of Depth is that every year they uh, organize a digital festival. And it was in real life, of course, but this that year it was digital and we built this whole new world and everybody was at their desk, but you know, everybody felt like they were at that moment with all those people there. We built a whole like TV show around it. It was incredible, different stages, different speakers from all over the world. And everybody thought like, oh, I have to sit behind my desk for three hours, listen to this, oh, it's gonna be so boring. But we made it, we made this whole next level of digital yeah, events. And we started doing that for different companies as well. For example, ball.com, uh, the next web, and they hired us to create that digital festival for them. So my whole new, um, and well, actually I, I brought my AppCoy experience to a digital level. And that was, uh, that was something new Amazing. and something really fun. Yeah, it was really, and really, did, and really did cool. they build a virtual world? Was it a little bit Web3 yes. metaverse? Right. Did everyone have avatars yes. as well walking around? Well, we did that as well. But the first time we did it, so we did it two years. And the first time we did it, um, we built this whole world where people would navigate. But you wouldn't be an avatar, but you would, you would have the vision and you would look into the world. And you could walk to different stages. Uh, you would see the live feed there. And the whole feed was being recorded, well, live stream actually, in the office. So we had nice. different stages there as well, and everything was live, live streamed. So, it, I mean, it was a massive production. But, and we even built this party, DJs, everything, um, artists, a, a guitar duo from Texas was playing. So. <laughs> It was really, it was really amazing. It's, it's definitely, I mean, there's even now a, like a market that's been generated from it, right? Where you, you know, some people exactly. will go and see a gig, like a real, like the, the, I think ABBA is, an, is a great example of that in London, but then the saying, you know, so there's this ABBA gig where then it's not really ABBA, it's just massive holograms yes. on stage, right? <laughs> but they've all, supposedly they all pre-recorded the moves and everything and it is, it is them, but it's just holograms of them and they look really young which i also find a little exactly. bit weird they just made them look a li- they made them look a little bit wrinkly right that was about it mm-hmm. um but then there are people that are just buying like they, i think they made more sales for people who wanted to live stream it or something it might not have been abba but there have definitely been gigs where more people go into the live stream 
environment. Yeah, I mean, you're not limited to a venue or anything. Yeah, yeah. So it can be for anyone around the world at any time. It's a whole new world. And, yeah. and I think that even though, I mean, COVID was horrible, it's horrible. I mean, it's still there, but it also brought us this new level of creativity in a digital world that we haven't experienced yet. Yeah. And yeah. that has... I mean, it, we might have reached that in 10 or 20 years, but now we've reached it in two years and, and that's something new. Definitely. I think crisis is really good for accelerating things that were, you know, were already going to happen. Yeah. Well, let's talk about yeah. Neft because you're at Neft Global now. Um, yes. And that's um, vodka crafted in, in Austria. Um, tell us what you're doing now, maybe a little bit about some of the challenges and opportunities that you see there. Yes. So Nef Vodka, um, it's an Austria, uh, Austrian brand. It's uh, produced there. It's uh, made of the Alp water and uh, the um, the old rye. Um, it's a very smooth tasting vodka. So uh, it really already caught my eye because it's also it has a really unique packaging. I'll send it to you. By the way, you'll see it. <laughs> nice, it has a unique packaging. It's very different from other vodkas, and it's ultra high premium. So that really caught my attention. And the other thing is that Nev Vodka, um, she, they have a, a woman in the forefront and of their philosophy. And that really attracted me to their business because the founder is female, which I love. Nice. Um, and because she is one of the very few, maybe the only one female founder in really a historically uh, male dominated industry. So, when I knew that, I thought, okay, this is the business for me because they Neft Vodka really um, stimulates females in this environment, and the the culture is very open. It's very relaxed. It's very inclusive and super professional. Um, it's really giving women a strong voice and influence. So. So that really attracted me to Nef Vodka. Um, the, the thing is that we also work with importers all over the world that also have a similar philosophy. For example, uh, we work in Nigeria with an um, importer and uh, my contact there is uh, Yemisi. She is a uh, head of marketing in Nigeria and uh, she is really supported by a, a strong female senior sales team as well. So I was there uh, a few weeks ago and I was sitting there at the table with almost only females. And yeah, that, that really, yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, because that's what we, one of our topics to discuss today is that, is the female leadership and empowerment. And, um, you know, because the industry, many industries tend to be dominated by men. So let's dive into to Neft. So the founders founders female from Austria. So, the, yes. so she is Austrian. Uh, she is a resident of Austria. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But uh, like, so what's the biggest market for for Neft? Is it because vodka is quite popular in the US, right? So is it is it the US? Yeah. The biggest market? So it's it's an well, it's actually an American owned company. Um, so about I think two years ago, the American own, uh, importer uh, bought the company, so they took over. But uh, so America is one of our biggest markets, of course. Um, but we have now our headquarters in Amsterdam. And that's, of course, my city. Uh, and, and that's really cool because I'm the first international hire. So I'm really brought in to help the business team. Um, and it's really, it's really great because we have a team in the US 
And now we have a, a very small team. It's um, now with the three, four of us for the rest of the world. So I've got a lot of responsibility. It's very exciting because it's all, you know, it's a new world you can conquer. Yeah. So what I do here is I do the international sales and marketing. So we're looking for, we're, we're looking at current importers, but we're also looking uh, for new importers all over the world. And um, after we established um, the, the, the deal or, or uh, the, the, the uh, working together, then after that, we're, we're gonna look at the strategy for that particular country. So, for example, they have a whole strategy, of course, in the U.S., but it's not applicable for every country all over the world. You cannot pick it up, put this in, you know, the the U.S. strategy in Nigeria, yeah. for example. Yeah. It's a very different culture, a very different market. Um, so we, I look at that for every country. Okay, how does it need to be positioned? Keeping the the brand all over strategy in mind, of course. Uh, but how do we need to adapt to that? To that specific country so really think global but act local yeah, and let's, and let's and... focus again a bit more on the female let's say the female founder and female leadership because you said you're in a meeting room with yeah. the majority of the uh, the leaders were female which is brilliant do you feel then that neft is targeting um the female market a little bit more or if, if people need to know absolutely about that? yeah yeah, so I think because it's an it's the product that we use, the ingredients that we use, so the rye and and the alp water, it makes the vodka more light and more smooth, which I think is more appealing to females as well, because it's it's a pure taste and you can drink it pure. That's that what we're focusing on, and also because it's a unique packaging, it's more attractive for females as well. Yeah. It is a very unique packet. I do like it a lot. I mean, it's just cool, right? It's a little yeah. barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely <laughs> stands out. I mean, I'm very familiar with exactly. a brand called Double Cross because um, mm -hmm. a bit of a bit of a vodka collector, I would say. So I've got do have like different ones, and Double Cross is from Slovakia, and that is made also with you know, let's say spring water, but they use winter wheat, mm -hmm. and they have an insane oh, yeah. bottle. But it's definitely man like it looks like a tombstone oh, yeah. so the bit could be a bit <laughs> ugly a bit dangerous actually because it's so huge but definitely the nefta bottle looks very very cool hey we hope you are enjoying this podcast if there is subjects you would like discussed or questions answered drop us a line at info at shapala.io future fuzz yeah and i i mean talking about females in the industry, I remember with my first job in the US um, that I, I had to go to all these distributors all over the, the country. And, uh, and one night, usually you all day, you went to retailers and shops, etc. And then at night you had dinner with a distributor or with one of the client sales reps or anything. And I remember I, I thought, okay, I'm gonna start this conversation during dinner. I'm gonna talk about this and that. And, uh, and suddenly he interrupted me and he said, well, Madelon, I know you wanna talk about this, but we all know you're here for the looks and not for your capacity. So let's not talk about it. And I thought, wow, this is something new to me. <laughs> I felt as a woman so incredibly I mean, it's years ago, yeah. it's really years ago, but I felt like, is this real? No, is this I, really happening? That's crazy, that is crazy. Yeah, so 
I mean, I was very young and, and this guy was in the industry already for a long time. So I guess he felt very, um, I don't know. Sort of worldwise. I don't yeah. know how he, he felt, felt, but very wise and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. But I remember I just gave him a full blown, I said, wow, this is something new. And I, I just walked away. I said, you know, I'm not even going to have dinner with you anymore because I'm not here for my, I'm not here for my looks. I'm here for my yeah. brains. And if you would talk to me, you would know that. So bye. And do you have any other examples <laughs> but, yeah. of where that's like happened to friends or colleagues before? Um, I think, well, I mean, I talk about it with my friends a lot. Um, and yeah, actually, there there was we were I've I've a group of friends of, from my hockey team, so I play field hockey here in in, uh, in Amsterdam, and um, I think there was something on the news about maybe something me too alike, and we were talking about that, and everyone we're with a chat group of eight girls, everyone started well I have an example of this and that and this happened and that happened, and especially. Men that I'm not sure how you say it, but that kind of pounded down the women, like, oh yeah, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, really talking mm -hmm. them down, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And everyone, I mean, my friends, I have an amazing group of friends. Um, one of my friends, she just made partner in a law firm. I have a, a girlfriend who, who works in um, the NFT business. She has a really good position. One of my friends has a really high position in uh, at the Rabobank uh, in HR. So everyone is in a management position and they all work very hard for it. But every single one can mention one, two, maybe three examples of a man do trying to dominate them or trying to make them feel bad or like they didn't deserve it. I mean, they're all pretty women as well so that kind of makes you sometimes wonder they they some it sometimes gives you the idea that men feel like but you you're only here because you're pretty that's why you got the promotion yeah, or yeah. and that's i mean that's a bad yeah, thing i can imagine 100 percent. also that there is an issue with um I, this is in the last podcast we have with Yanina. There's an issue with women being let's say brave enough and really to start ask for pay rise because the pay imbalance mm -hmm. is maybe not so much in the Netherlands. I still think it's quite bad. Um, they're yeah. asking for a rise, uh, asking for a raise. Sorry, when it when when is when is the right time? Not obviously not asking for one all the time. Or maybe yes, you do feel like you deserve one. Um, then. Yeah. Yeah, there's also posts um, that uh, someone that we mutually know posted like the there are more CEOs in the Netherlands that are called Peter, right? I think the the, the CEOs oh, yes. in the Netherlands is um, Peter. <laughs> so that's like basically uh, like something like 60% of all CEOs or something crazy like that. That's a crazy stat. And um, also yes. boards of directors. So there's no diversity on boards. And I tell you where there's also no. really bad diversity, I think probably in my experience, the worst. Um, I, I've dealt with investors before, so I've tried to go out and get VC funding before or do pitches uh, in front of um, investment companies who, who give you funding, right? I've done a few of those in my sort of early days of startup and 
also spoke to investors um, more recently, they're all men. Mm-hmm. I have never met yeah. any a female in that field at all. So you say, what, what, do, yeah. And probably when you meet one, you're surprised. I probably want to work with them, right? right? I mean, my best, te- <laughs> my best ever teacher was female and the best boss, the best two bosses I ever worked for, like were, were female. Um, but what do you think mm-hmm. has got to change? Well, I think, I think it's on both sides. I don't want to say, ah, oh, men should change, men should do that. It's, it's also with females. I mean, I, I really got my empowerment from my father. Well, both from both my parents, of course, but um, they always said, you can do it. You are going to do it. Uh, let's go. Come on. They really encouraged me. And my father was uh, also in the same industry, in the spirits industry. And he he just pushed me and pushed me. And, and of course, that was sometimes hard for me because I thought, oh, you don't understand. You're a man. You know, I have feelings. I'm a woman. Um, but, <laughs> but it made me really believe in myself and it made me push me harder. And but I think the, the the most important thing for females is to really strongly believe in yourself, in your capabilities, and um, you earn that race and you earn that job. And I think one of the most important differences between female and men. So when you when you're applying for a job, a female sees. And now I'm generalizing, of course, but a lot of females see like, oh, hmm, okay, I can do that, 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 but I, I'm not completely capable of that part yet, but hmm, maybe should I apply? Maybe not. Hmm. The man thinks I can do that, that, can't do that, but I'll learn it. It's fine. Yeah, I'll just right. apply. So I guess that's that part of confidence that female females should empower more. I mean, we can do it. Why can't we? Yeah. Why can't we do? You know. I, I so mean, I, have experience I think that's that. a strong I mean, I've, thing. I've had actually um, employed someone before in a while, quite a long time ago. Said they felt like they had to tick all the boxes before they could apply, whereas a guy would probably yeah. be more likely to chance it. But that's through education, right? So yes. all at school, early education everybody needs to chance it a little bit in life you know you've got to go for it you can learn stuff if you don't tick all the boxes it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day it's more about your motivation and your drive more than anything else than your skills you can learn skills, right yeah absolutely i was the worst at school (laughs) okay really I, i i did two studies I did uh, hotel management and international business and languages. I was really a, a six, you know, if I had 5.5 is the, 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 the level where you pass, I thought, oh, 5.6, that's enough. Um, so I really, I was the worst. And I had all these classmates that were so much better. They, they were all like straight A students. And I got kind of laughed at, but I thought, but I just believed in myself. I thought, oh, who cares? Uh, let's see later. And and the funny thing is we have this reunion coming up and I mean, everything is fine. So every level of work of, is yeah. fine. You don't have to be a manager or anything, but it was funny because I, we were talking about this on in this Facebook group and um, we were talking about our jobs and they said, wow, wow, you've done really well. How, how is that possible with your grades? 
but I and and they are still maybe assistant manager or junior project manager or something like that. And I made it here, and that was only because I just believed in myself, and I had a little bit bluff around, you know, along the way, and I thought, oh fuck it, I'm just gonna do it, and we'll see. Maybe I can do it, maybe I can't, but I'm just going to try and we'll yeah. see how it and works it, out. It's, it should be something uh, in and, a way that's sort of maybe encouraged or taught at school. It's, a, it's an important life skill. There are so many examples yeah. of entrepreneurs, successful managers, people that really you know, worked in loads of different spaces like you have and now have a senior management position at, at a great brand who didn't do very well academically, right? And, and it's... It's like you come out of education and they look at your grades, but that really is like less than half the picture, isn't it? If it, I mean, oh, absolutely. I think I've definitely seen taken some chances on people before, and they haven't necessarily done very well at school. One guy I worked with said absolutely hated school, went and joined the army because my dad was in the army. And then came out of it and ended up turning out to be a brilliant account manager. Like everybody liked him, super friendly, and and he had no experience in it whatsoever. But you, I saw the spark, and I, the spark is is way more important, right? Yeah, and and I think it's it's also a part. You know, if you have a strong friend group, I have a very strong group of girlfriends around me. We all encourage each other. And for example, we discuss like, oh, I have a new job talking about salary and we all push each other oh ask for more you you deserve it or oh apply for that promotion or okay let's go do it and for example which what i really love is two of my friends um were pregnant and they wanted to switch job but that kind of hold them back like yeah but i'm pregnant Ugh. you know nobody's gonna hire me but they tried it we pushed them we tried it they tried it and they got hired for really senior management jobs while they were pregnant. Worked for three months, got out for four, and went back. And and that's that's where I really see a change now in businesses because those kind of things are possible as well. Brilliant. So I think there is a change coming, and 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 there is something happening Fantastic. now. So that's On good. that note, we are running out of time. You've got a call because you're so busy, like in literally two minutes. <laughs> um, so we, we covered some really brilliant um, points today. I think it's an, a very interesting topic. I could definitely talk about it for hours. I can. And when we def I definitely you. need more women on the podcast. <laughs> and I think like just in summary, because yes. we have to summarize quite quickly, the, the message here is it's just um, you just have to go for it and you just have to have self-belief. And um, yeah, Absolutely. thank you, Madelon, so much for coming on the podcast. I'm glad we can make it happen with the technology difficulties we had before. <laughs> thank you for Amazing. having me. It was really, really great talking about thank it. Thank you. Have so a great day. You. Thanks. You too. For tuning in and making the choice to listen to this podcast. If you liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe. Future Buzz is sponsored by Shopala. Shoppable ads and express checkouts for e-commerce. Future Fuzz, your guide to digital marketing. <laughs>